Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Fullest Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Bostwick, and I'm here today with Kim Anami, and she is a holistic sex coach and vaginal weightlifter. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you? Good. So nice to meet you. It's so funny. I, we, you know, at the fullest, we have a lot of people reaching out from various backgrounds, but here and there I get, um, you know, holistic sex and relationship experts such as yourself. And, um, usually, you know, whatever it is, either we do, um, some editorials together or whatnot, but I was really interested in, um, something about you just happened at the perfect time. And I wanted to hop on and have you on the podcast and kind of learn more because I think that it's funny. I was just telling someone I was going to interview you and they were like, what is that? What is a holistic sex um, and relationship expert? So I think that's a really great place to start. And I'd love to learn more about just how you found yourself in this space. Sure. So that's a really good question. And uh, I would say that I, I created that moniker, holistic sex and relationship coach expert. And I've been using that for over a decade. And before I came along, you could really just find sex advice from, say, an article in Cosmo or from an, an allopathic perspective, so an OBGYN perspective. And so as I was growing up and the kinds of messages that I was getting and seeing from these places, nothing really resonated with me. Like, for example, according to say an OBGYN if a woman comes to them with period problems period pain discomfort then they just put them on the birth control pill right instead of actually trying to find the cause like instead of assuming that it's normal to have discomfort during your period and want to kill yourself that no that's probably abnormal and imbalanced and let's try to figure out what the actual cause is and then heal it and I believe that 99.99999% of things can all be healed holistically and naturally and so as I look and so and not even just with let's say like let's take the period example like diet or exercise or lifestyle that it could go deeper than that like let's say somebody had a history of sexual trauma or sexual abuse or they internalize all of the negative messaging around shame that women get around their sexuality and around their periods and all of these things can combine to say then create an unhealthy experience or difficult or uncomfortable experience during menstruation where you know the the one answer and it's not even really an answer it's just a poor band-aid of say the OBGYN would be to put people on birth control for life or hormones for life really basically from puberty until you know menopause like all the way through that to have women on artificial hormones and I differ you know totally disagree with that I say that that's abnormal and that we can find natural healing solutions for these things that actually empower women so my my whole perspective is to get to the root cause and find what that is and through that healing and learning to have people really self-actualize through owning their sexual power and sexual energy. And I believe that this is our natural birthright, that everyone is capable of having a voracious libido, being multiple, multi-orgasmic, being able to shoot ping pong balls with their vaginas, or for a man to have sex for eight hours straight. You know, all of these things are capable, you know, everyone, it's what I call the anami guarantee. Everyone can do these things. And if they aren't, it just means that they have some kind of blockages that need to be uncovered. And that's what my work is all about. 
Oh my gosh. I love all of that. And I completely agree with you with the birth control pill. And I think that's such a, you know, such a devastating thing that's been introduced because on one hand, um, I 100% believe that everyone should have freedom of choice when it comes to medicine. So whatever they want, but I also wish that everyone is educated on what the repercussions are and what the fact that it doesn't totally solve your problem because then it causes other problems mm. and there's another way. And I think that it really does women a disservice to associate the birth control pill um, and other, you know, different forms of contra contraception like that as um, with freedom, you know, and I think that while we should have the choice, we should always have the choice. I think that number one is education. So people such as yourself that are doing this, it's so, so important that people hear you out and this information gets out there. And yeah, I think that it sounds to me like what you're saying is that you really just, you're also just helping um, listen to people and you know, look for where their blockages are, that would sound like therapy to me. So is there a lot of, is there a therapy component to what you do mainly? Well, I work multidimensionally. And so, you know, what you said about listening, like a big part of my philosophy is to listen to the messages of the body rather than trying to override them, which is really what Western allopathic medicine and the whole <laughs> industrial medicine complex tries to do, right? Is rather than saying, looking at the body as having a, a sign for us. Like here's another example is that there's a condition in women that, you know, Western medicine makes up all these terms for things that they just, they don't know really what it is and they don't know how it got there and they don't know how to fix it, but they'll give it a name, right? So for women, there's a condition of having a clamped down or what I call a vagina on lockdown, where a woman, her vagina actually can't really open and pain it. She has painful intercourse and pretty much every woman I've ever spoken to who's had that scenario has had a history of some kind of sexual violation or trauma. And so her vagina is saying, hey, I'm not going to fully open and respond until you heal what's happened here in the past, right? I'm still traumatized. I need some help and I need some healing. So rather than listening to that to try to figure out why is the body communicating this to us and how can we support it? How can we help heal it? The, you know, the allopathic answer is, well, we have no idea why that's there, but we'll just um, give you some lube or give you some hormones and, and usually don't even end up fixing problems anyway, right? They send people on this wild goose chase and make them feel like they're broken right? And that there's nothing that they can do. And I'm the opposite. I'm like, I feel like there's always a solution. And it's, you know, like I said, for the majority of the time, it's natural, can be found in a natural way. So yes, from that perspective, then I do, I address the physical element, the emotional element, psychological and spiritual slash energetic, because I believe that our injuries happen on all of those levels and our healing has to happen on all of those levels. And so I would say that this is why I get exemplary results in my work is that I don't just give people, it's kind of like when you think about, say, losing weight 
right? And someone's like, oh, I want to lose weight. Uh, maybe I'll go on this crash diet for like three weeks and I'll lose 10 pounds. Okay, well, that's one approach. It's usually not very effective or someone might yeah. lose some weight and then gain it back right away. Or you look at this multidimensional approach of, all right, so what kinds of things am I eating? Are some of the things that I'm eating causing me to have addiction to my food? Are there chemicals in there that are upsetting my system and screwing with my gut microbiome? Are there ways in which I eat to fill a need, right? To, I crave, I have this emotional hole that I'm trying to fill. Is that it? You know, how are we exercising? Are we getting our neurotransmitters and hormones moving? So that would be a holistic, full, you know, multidimensional approach that then typically would have lasting results, right? People then can carry on in a whole new universe, having that problem solved. And so, yeah, that's how I look at my work is we need to look at all of the elements of the person and their body and their psyche to see what kinds of injuries they've sustained or blockages or even messages, right? Like the kind of messaging that we have in our culture around sex is very bipolar, right? Either sex is, you know, sex is everywhere. It's in pop songs, media, you see titties out everywhere, asses out, shaking it, shaking it, shaking it. But then you're not really allowed to have sex and enjoy it. Right. So there's this yeah. massive contradiction and dichotomy out there. And most people end up then, I would say, kind of confused. Right. Because I think if you're truly in touch, if you've managed to remain in touch with your own natural self, you'll feel intuitively that sexuality is healthy and it's even a spiritual experience. And yet the dominant messaging that we receive at large is the opposite of that. Right. There's a lot of shame and taboo and it's dirty and it's gross, but also it sells everything from cars to toilet brushes. You know, And so unless people stop to really look at that, look at the programming that they've taken on and try to uncover their true nature, which, as I said, I believe that everyone underneath their blockages or their conditioning, the messaging they've received has this ability and energy, it just needs to be uncovered. And so that's, so if you've managed to, you know, stay in touch with that, most people, so when they come to my work, it's like, it's like, you don't know what you don't know, right? If you've only ever had this negative, shameful, taboo, whatever, kind of lustful messaging around sex, and then they come and see my holistic, spiritual, transcendent approach, they're like, oh, that actually makes sense. That actually is what I felt sex is meant to be, but never really had any kind of validation or affirmation of that, right? And so especially people in the personal growth world, because even in that realm, lots of people will talk about love and relationships, but they'll tiptoe and kind of like, you know, direct themselves around sexuality. They won't go there. I can't even tell you the yeah. amount of people who've come to me and they've like gone to counselors or therapists, right? Relationship coaches, therapists, and they've said to them, oh, well, we don't, we don't talk about sex here. You know, wow. it's just, it's, yeah, yeah. it's mind blowing, right? So the amount of stuff that's in the way for people to then start re-educating themselves about what's possible and where they can live. 
you know, because like I said, I believe that all women have high libidos. All women can have every kind of orgasm, cervical, clitoral, G-spot, ejaculate across the room. All women can have shoot ping pong balls with their vaginas. All men can mm -hmm. have multiple orgasms and have sex for nine hours at a time and learn how to separate orgasms from ejaculation. This is not just the domain of some special few people, some lucky few. No, not at all. This is the domain of every single person if they can do the work to, as as I said, you know, move through their own stuff that's in the way and claim this part of themselves, this vital, integral part of themselves. Hi, Phyllis fam. This podcast is brought to you by Clean Cult, a natural cleaning brand with real ingredients and zero waste packaging. As some of you may know, just by listening to the podcast consistently or by reading our articles on the fullest, I'm truly concerned about the fact that most people buy laundry detergent and toxic home cleaning products that contain known carcinogens that they're breathing in all day long. And long-term exposure to these toxins have been proven to increase major health issues. Clean Cult makes natural cleaners that actually clean with ingredients you can actually understand and with packaging that's landfill free. With Clean Cult, your family is safe with non-toxic coconut powdered formulas. Third-party labs show that Clean Cult products are as powerful, if not more powerful, than traditional cleaners, so you get the same level of clean with none of the chemicals. Whether you're looking to finally make the switch to cleaner products, or if you already use clean products but are still using products that come in plastic, Clean Cult is a trustworthy brand for you and for the environment. You can choose to start with their Lux shatter-resistant refillable glass bottles or if you already have your own vessels, opt to start with their paper-based milk carton refills. After that, you can have all refills ship according to the needs of your home and lifestyle. Break up with plastic and get started with Clean Cult. I'm so excited to partner with them to offer you 25% off. Go to cleancult.com slash the fullest for 25% off your first order. That's spelled clean cult, C-L-E-A-N-C-U-L-T dot com slash the fullest. You said so much stuff in there that I absolutely love and a couple things. So first I want to talk about what you're saying in terms of how our society shapes us, right? So why don't we talk about us parents and how we can also, so I think we need to do the work, right? So that mm -hmm. we can show that and be the change for our children. But I have a two-year-old boy and he is just now starting to explore his body parts and um we're potty training him so it's a big part of you know that is because he's not wearing a diaper and now he's just like feeling around and one of the things he loves to do is stick his finger up his butt so <laughs> that's just something he likes to do and I find and I found myself thinking well this is such an opportunity like how do you address this right you're like okay let's not stick our finger up our butt and then try and like shove it, your finger up our face. Like we needed to have this conversation, yeah. but how yeah. do we have a conversation without shaming him and exploring his body? And so I think on one hand, I definitely want your opinion on that and just, you know, raising our children, our toddlers, because it starts at such a young age. And of course, then going into teenage years. And then I want to get into, you know, what happens, um, as a society when we don't heal this. So we know what happens yeah. 
Um, as humans, we have these blockages. We might not be able to have the type of sex that we want or the relationship that we have with ourselves. But then as a society, what happens? But um, yeah, let's start with definitely... <laughs> But give me me an answer for how I can navigate right. what I'm going through, but also just in general, parents. Really great questions. And I'm, I'm glad that you're asking them because it's so important. And I think, first of all, what you said is that we start by modeling these examples to our kids, right? So I, I grew up and I think the kind of climate I grew up in was that sex was something that happened behind closed doors. And I never really saw that kind of energy. And some people might have had a different experience. But for me, I never really saw that energy between my parents, right? That was something that was kind of hidden away, where I think that it's really normal and healthy and natural for children to see that their parents are sexually affectionate. So I don't mean that you're having, you know, really sex in front of them where they are, they're at a certain age that they'll very consciously process that. But I mean, for you to have sexual affection, you know, you might have a mini makeout section session in the kitchen or you come up and slap somebody's butt or a passionate kiss. Like, I think those things are all really healthy, actually, and powerful to model yeah. to our kids because they then feel the strength of the bond between their parents and that actually creates security. What creates insecurity is especially when parents are in, let's say, the shell of a relationship and the kids into it. They always know, right? Oh, we're staying together for the kids. Don't bother because your kids already know what you're doing is modeling yeah. to your kids that people stay together and live a lie, right? For some weird reason that they probably can't express. So I think that healthy sexual affection is amazing. Having conversations, encouraging whenever children ask those questions. Yes, bingo. Here's a great opportunity to start talking to them about these things. Having sex books like it, on the bookshelves, just like amongst all your other books. And in terms of your son, and this can apply to any child, I mean, I think that it's completely natural and healthy for them to be exploring their bodies. And I think the only caveat would be, let's say, a certain degree of doing that in public. And then as you're saying, in your particular case, there's a hygiene issue, right? Like, I would yeah. say it's it's all good, except we have something going on there. So I would maybe preface it something like, I love it's it's wonderful and so healthy that you're and who knows how much they can fully comprehend at that age, too. But yeah. it's wonderful and healthy that you're doing that. So I guess you have two options, right? You could let them go to town and just keep exploring and then just explain that after they do that, they need to wash their hands because that's there's some waste, you know, however you phrase that coming exactly, out of yeah. them. Or you discourage them playing in that area just because it is dirty, but you try to do it in like a very happy and loving way, right? Like just like, you know, we don't touch this or we don't touch that. And this is an area that it's a beautiful part of our body, but it just has, you know, some germs there. And so we don't want to have that, you know, we, it's, we have to be really careful. So I think the tone is everything, right? Like, and same yeah. thing with, let's say they were self-pleasuring a lot or just touching their bodies or their genitals a lot. And, you know, I remember years ago, a friend of mine, like the way she phrased it and kind of taught this to me was like, oh, you know, this is something we do in our bedrooms, right? Like, this is a wonderful thing to be doing. 
and it's just not something we do in the living room when we have people over or whatever, however, you know, you want to phrase it. But I think tone is all, right? If the tone is full of love and acceptance, you can say whatever you need to say and encourage. Like I said, like, this is a healthy thing to do. I'm happy to see you exploring your body. Bodies are beautiful. You know, like, just keep pouring that on and then throw in that little bit of restraint where it needs to happen. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And I that's how it felt for me intuitively. But I thought it would be really interesting to have the conversation because my husband is like, Oh, God, don't stick that up my nose. Ew, no. <laughs> and it's like, I totally get that. But relax. because This is like a moment for us to, you know, also share with him that this is okay to be doing. But you know, I get both sides. So I love that. Um, you know, that's important. And I, and it starts at such a young age. So preventing um, these blockages from happening is yes. one thing, you know? Yeah, and then because one comment or one bit of energy directed to them around that topic can have an impact for life. You know, we have to yeah. be, I think it's great that you're really consciously examining this and trying to figure out how to handle it in a way that then continues to facilitate openness and even dialogue rather than just shutting them down, which I think is the old school method, right? Is like, oh, no, oh, you know, and then we yeah. create this smear on somebody's sexual expression. Yeah. And also, I mean, with toddlers, they just want to do anything that you tell them not to anyway. So it's like never the answer. Um, and yeah, so it's funny. But in terms of like what you said, it about our media and how we over-sexualize everything, but then at the same time, we shame people for having any sort of feelings. And then I really believe that that's what contributes to the appeal of, you know, even things like um, what's going on right now, a lot of people are talking about, which has been going on forever, but like sex trafficking and just child pornography, right? I think that i I don't know. I'm curious what you have to say about that and what you think as a society we may be going through and yeah, what your comments would be on that. Well, I did a podcast a few weeks ago on the censorship of sex, right? Because we, in the last, I don't, you know, it kind of goes in and out, but hundreds, thousands of years, there's been this overlay on top of sexuality where instead of it just being a natural, healthy part of our existence, it's actually been used as a control mechanism. So I look at sexual energy as our life force energy. This is the energy that creates new life. And if you look back in time in some of these older cultures, like in um, in India with Tantra and ancient China with Taoism like about 5,000 years ago, they looked at sex as medicine and as a means to enlightenment, that you would actually consciously tap into your sexual energy and use it as a way of channeling that energy up the body, up to the crown chakra, and this would be like the springboard into higher states of conscious awareness. And mm -hmm. so we have what I consider to be, and this is what I really teach, this 
high use of sex. And then the opposite happens when you suppress sexuality and then you try to hold it back. And we see the best examples of that in something like the Catholic Church, where, you know, I often say sex and God, the never never the twains shall meet, except in the basements of Catholic churches. So, <laughs> you know, I like to me, sex and spirituality are totally entwined. You know, I'm a very spiritual person and I'm a highly sexual person. And there, there's so many similarities between the two in terms of opening up our state of consciousness, in terms of self-realization and becoming better people when we express our sexuality in healthy, positive, loving ways. And then you have this other whole movement of suppressing people's sexuality, suppressing their knowledge, casting this light over, or not even a light, casting a darkness over it that's really full of lust and dirt and oppression and making it seem like this terrible thing. And I believe that this is actually a concerted effort to remove people from their source of power because anyone who is disconnected from their sexuality is quite honestly operating at a deficiency. They'll notice the impact of that in their health issues, in their reproductive organs, in their even their mental capacity, their creative energies, all of these things are impacted by being disconnected or you know, conversely connected to our sexual energy. And so, you know, I feel like my work actually has been instrumental over the last decade plus of really helping to bring this new vision of sexuality into the light, right? So, you know, I'm probably most famous for lifting things with my vagina, you know, and I had this <laughs> viral campaign come out five, six years ago on hashtag things I lived with my vagina, where I'm traveling around the world using a jade egg inside my vagina and then lifting objects indigenous to various regions with my vagina from green coconuts in Bali to Murano glass chandeliers in Italy to a piece of the Berlin wall in Berlin at the Berlin wow. wall, which I now <laughs> deem the great wall of vagina. So, you know, and now we say jade and jade yoni eggs everywhere, right? They're very popular. Yeah. Everyone's using them, but nobody was using them before that. Right. Like so. And even if you think of, say, the whole phenomena of Fifty Shades of Grey before that, like it was very, very difficult. No one would really talk about sex or publish articles about sex unless it was Cosmo. Seriously. And it was like, oh, yeah. 50 blowjob tips to please your lover. And then after that movie came out, and I think what was the tipping point was that or that the books came out rather and then you know, the movie. But that so many women, right, like 200 million copies of this ebook sold, right? All these women reading this book, getting wet on the subway. Oh, honey, can you please tie me up? You know, like it yeah. spoke to this great need in women that was being un overlooked or women had been told for centuries that they just weren't very sexual. Right. And they're like, no, no, motherfuckers. We are very sexual. And we have a lot. We have big appetites and we're ready to go. And then I think it was probably even this financial impetus that turned the tide to be like, well, I guess we can't ignore this anymore. Women are ready for this. Right. So these things have been happening now for a while. And I think with the uncovering of some of the abuses and the misuse of sexual power, you know, it's just like anything, something that can be used for great good or great evil if it's misused right and so yeah. i think that there's now this illumination coming out of the darker ways that people have been misusing their sexuality because 
I think for the most, for a number one reason is like I said, it's a control mechanism. When you cut, you know, one of the main things we do when we, we, you know, as a country culture invade a country, they'll go in and they rape the women or they, they will kill the children like to kind of overtake, but also um, wow. suppress right? To subjugate those people, right? Like that's what we, what's happened with Aboriginal people in North America, in Australia, they were targeted sexually, right? All the children were abused. And you could say that just was coincidence, or you could say, well, maybe there was some thought behind the fact that if we go and totally taint the sexual expression of these people, we're going to, we're going to injure them for generations to come, right? I feel like that's even part of a conquering strategy. And so, I think this is something that really never gets talked about is how we misuse that energy and then cut people off from their true power source, their true insight, their spiritual connection, their ability to heal themselves all comes through being connected to their sexual life force energy. And the perversion that's happened is that we've somehow blasphemized this energy or dirtied it or thought of it, you know, painted this picture of it as being negative or like I said, taboo and dirty when really this is our creative connection to source, to the divine energy and source of the universe is through our genitals. But it's been so warped that most people buy into that warpedness. You know, I've even people in the personal growth world who would be so advanced and so innovative about so many things are often still really stuck sexually. So it's really the last great frontier. And the fact that all these things are coming to light and coming into the, into the open, even though some of them are very even difficult to admit are happening because there's such horrific things to even allow in your consciousness. I think is all happening to heal, right? And to truly allow people then to realize and acknowledge and see what sexual energy was really meant to be and hopefully evolve and move in that direction. This episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic, a wellness company that is well known for its delicious mushroom coffee. Right now, chaga is my favorite functional mushroom and the compounds and antioxidant properties in chaga play a big role in supporting our immune system and maintaining its overall function. So I'm a big fan of the combination of chaga and lion's mane in Four Sigmatic's coffee, which is also third-party tested for mold, yeast, bacteria, and other toxins to make sure that they're only offering the highest quality product to their customers. I'm so happy to have worked out an exclusive offer with Four Sigmatic on their best-selling lion's mane and chaga coffee. And this is just for the fullest podcast listeners. Receive up to 39% off their best-selling Lion's Mane coffee bundles. To claim this deal, you must go to foursigmatic.com forward slash the fullest. This offer is only for the fullest listeners and is not available on their regular website. So go to foursigmatic.com slash the fullest. F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com slash the fullest and fuel your productivity and creativity with some delicious mushroom coffee the full discount will be applied at checkout i think that's such a good point to say that we don't even want to face what's happening it's difficult for people to bring that into their consciousness and it and like you're saying is probably a direct reflection of the fact that 
we're not even willing, many people aren't even willing to look at their own sexuality. So that exactly. time. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And the more we do that, the more, you know, people can't, can't go there. Right. It's even, I mean, it's difficult for anyone to acknowledge these things, right? Like, because they're just yeah. uh, horrific to think about, but you're right. Like the more people are disconnected, the further, the harder, the definitely the harder it is for them to go there. They're just going to push these things out of their consciousness. Oh my gosh. And I love that. Just saying that the more you look within yourself, it's like, like what anyone says. And um, even just people and like you're saying in the spiritual growth world, or even like, for example, I've been getting really into farming and um, Zach Bush, he is a triple board certified physician. And he talks about this too. He says, um, you know, obviously like we don't have, they say that we only have 60 to 75 harvests left here on this planet until an extinction, our sixth extinction would occur. And um, his solution is essentially, you know, every single person should have a garden, every single person should get um, their hands dirty into the soil and start working with the soil. And it's essentially the same thing, we need to be, um, you know, we need to be doing this in our own lives to be the reflection as a society and to make the change. And so if we're looking within ourselves, then as a collective, we're all willing to go there and to have that conversation. I love that. I think it's so important. Yeah. And that's a beautiful analogy that you've just brought up with Zach Bush and the idea of, you know, tending our own gardens and learning our own skills to be able to nurture and then harvest. And I would say that parallel with sexual energy is exact where you know, we're getting our hands dirty and getting in there and really learning ourselves, learning our bodies, learning the power of our sexual energy, this regenerative life force that can feed us, right? And then, as you say, as we then like do this, our work ourselves, that then, you know, I've been a firm, you know, I've been in the whole personal growth realm for over three decades. And, you know, I think when we first start getting into activism or you know awareness of things we have a really strong push to kind of change other people and, you know show them what the way is and I totally believe in education and being of service and putting information out there but there's also you know the real power of doing this work ourselves and if enough people do the work and elevate they're raising the collective consciousness right we know this this is spiritual truth and so yes, the idea of really tending our own gardens and our own beds is is where we find the power. And then where we also have, I would say, the most influence. You know, I have, when people um, go to my, come to my sex retreats, I have these week, um, yearly at biannual sex retreats for a week. And couples will leave their families and they they say, oh, we're um, we're going to a uh, a yoga retreat because they have to leave their kids with you know family or friends or whatever, and then they come back and they have these incredible life changing enlightening experiences, and then they're like, oh my gosh, let me tell you all about this, right? And they're glowing yeah. and they're radiating and they're in this totally different space, but they're just spilling over with you know radiance and vitality, and they want to share, and then they're doing it from they're not doing it to change people but they're just doing it because they're so excited you know to share about what's happened to them and then you build that stuff organically and then people can perceive the change they can perceive that vital beautiful 
energy in people and they're like, well, what are you doing that's different? Because something about you looks different, right? And it's something that's palpable. I talk about that a lot when we really wear and inhabit our sexual energy. It's a vitality that's palpable. We see it, we feel it, you know, in other people. And when it's not there, it usually comes through as this contraction, you know, or even depression, right? The suppression of this energy. Yeah. I love that. It's been so wonderful talking to you, Kim. It's so nice to me. I mean, I honestly, I had no like, you know, expectation, nothing. I just, you know, I just really felt that it would be such a fun conversation to have you on. But you, I can tell that you've been in this space for so long because every single thing that you say and everything that you stand for is like just totally beyond. And all about just giving it people the power and empowering them back to just going back to their own natural intelligence. And I just love that so much. Thank you. Thanks for seeing and appreciating that. And I'm glad that you are on the same page. I really enjoyed this conversation as well, because, you know, this, I really think it comes back to everything comes back to self-responsibility. And again, this idea, like the Zach Bush analogy of like tending your own garden, growing your own garden. Well, you know, that's self-responsibility right there. No matter what happens, we are able to feed ourselves and nourish ourselves. And then we also, in the same way, reconnect to earth energy, right? Which is life force energy. Same thing with sexual energy. This is life force energy. So there's all of these benefits to taking the power back right? And doing this internal work of tending our own gardens and however metaphor, metaphorical ways we want yeah. to talk about that. And then we get the results, we get the harvest, we get the, the growth, we get the beauty, we get the nourishment, the vitality, all of the things that we need to really better ourselves. Exactly. So how can people reach out to you or work with you? Do you work with people still or do you really do these retreats is that the extent of you working with people the main way to work with me is I have a whole series of online sex education programs. I call them salons. So we have five main ones. One is vaginal Kung Fu. This is all about the vaginal weightlifting, coming together for couples, how to be a well-fucked woman, which is all about all the multiple orgasms and owning your sexuality that a woman can have, sexual mastery for men, and then one on holistic pregnancy and ecstatic birth. So that's a real passion of mine this idea that birth can actually be the biggest orgasm of a woman's life, contrary to the programming that most people receive, that it's most meant to be the most painful experience of a woman's life. So that's the main place to work with me. And you can find me on Instagram. I also do YouTube videos on my YouTube channel. And my podcast is called Orgasmic Enlightenment. So all of those places, I put out free content every week, either with a podcast or videos. I have free videos on my website to sign up under those salons as preview videos. So there's plenty of material out there that I like to, as I say, re-educate people about what's possible. And then you can always take things a step further signing up for my classes. Okay, great. I'm so excited to look into your classes. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm looking forward to seeing all the rest of your, you know, whatever you bring into this world. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on.